All right. So, so, so yeah, I mean, you don't want to light off fireworks around your dog, you know, but uh, but if you were to take Henry, Henry Kissinger and put him in a locker, like stuff him in a okay. locker and then throw firecrackers into the locker, I think that would I think that would be based. <laughs> this whole thing smacks of gender. I shout as I light off fireworks in Henry Kissinger's burning home, <laughs> turning the 4th of coffin. July into the 4th yeah. of shit. <laughs> it's so strange. Somehow all the dogs that are normally afraid of fireworks, when they hear the fireworks go off inside Henry Kissinger's home, uh, they're happy. They're howling with joy. It's like they had this moral sense <laughs> that an evil, an evil presence is being destroyed, and they love it. You know, dogs have a very high level of emotional acuity. They're just smart that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. empaths. Much like all, all three mm-hmm. of yeah. us. If three of us and three dogs um, saw Henry Kissinger uh, dead on the side of the road, we would all keep walking, mind our business. <laughs> if, so I was, bi- if I was locked in a room with a dead Henry Kissinger and one bullet, I'd shoot it in the ceiling and strangle it myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, so yeah, uh, 4th of July, I didn't do much, but, uh, 2nd of July to family barbecue. Nice. That was good. And I, uh, I, I, I've been getting into cocktails. Like one of my friends oh, taught yeah. me how to make like fancy cocktails. Entering a new and, era. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on my, I'm on my new bullshit, you know? <laughs> are you, are you going to uh, start reading the New Yorker? Now? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh. Uh, but, but yeah, so I went and got some stuff to make like, you know, like summer cocktails, but on the shelf at the liquor store was 151 rum. Ooh. They stopped making that, right? Oh, like you can't yeah. get it anymore? Or like they can't, they're not manufacturing uh, it or something? Bacardi stopped making 151 rum. Like uh, 151 rum, for those of you who don't know, is like 75.5% alcohol. It's paint so thinner. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> incredibly flammable. It'll burn your face right off, uh, even if you don't light it on fire. I mean, it's just, it's not particularly pleasant to drink unless you're acclimatized to it, but it's traditional in, I guess, Jamaica and uh, parts of the Caribbean. So Bacardi just stopped making it because they got sued too much. But it's not like people are going to sue everybody that makes a 151 rum. They just went (laughs) after Bacardi because, you know, Mm -hmm. they're the biggest manufacturer of it. But you can still get it. So I got (laughs) it. And uh, we went through like half (laughs) the bottle. But uh, none of that was actually drunk. We were, we just kept doing, uh, <laughs> like s- spitting it, like doing a spit take into a butane torch. You, like you were like a fire. teenager with a can of hairspray. That's, <laughs> That's what right. you were. You're like, wow, you can buy Except, these two uh, things and no one stops you. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You guys saw all the videos, of, like people fucking up fireworks, right? I saw the, the one on those going around on Facebook, uh, where there was like a bunch of adults and their very young children sitting in a front lawn. Yep. And then the fireworks go off. One of them goes towards the crowd. They all start freaking out. Like you see a mom pick up a very small baby mm-hmm. and then the fireworks light off what looks like a box of fireworks <laughs> oh, behind no. the van. And the fireworks going off are so intense that on the shitty like security cam footage, you literally can no longer see the van. <laughs> it's just <at> blown out. <laughs> it, yeah, it's literally just alternating like red, yellow and green. That's awesome. <laughs> Did you see the footage that was going around of, I guess it was in Minneapolis, some kids were just driving around like you know going for a joy ride uh through the streets of minneapolis shooting um uh roman candles off like just all around the car which is horrific and like you know that that's a crime i mean like you're shooting explosives at people but i'm (laughs) I'm not gonna say it doesn't look cool it looks extremely Uh cool 
Well, that's you know? the thing. Like I, when growing up, we always had Roman candle fights, and these are like sanctioned by our parents. So you know, America is still basically a lawless land. Hell yeah! And uh, we would like singe each other's clothes and hair and shit. So I have to imagine that like if you fired a Roman candle at any three random like beat up old cars on the street, one out of the three of them at least is going to just completely go up. <laughs> <laughs> you you fire it into like a pinto. Uh, but by have you seen the price of gas these days? <laughs> Oh, that's true. It's going to be mostly empty of gas. Yeah. It's already all been siphoned because it's been sitting on cinder blocks for two years. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took the city of Pittsburgh, I think, nine months to realize that my old Buick Century had not moved. <laughs> <laughs> and they finally towed it to just God knows where. They didn't even send me any like paperwork about it either. They were like, this is just ours now. Don't leave your Buick. <laughs> Did you ever like track it down or anything? Or just like, fuck it, I don't care about this anymore? No, fuck. Why, am, why would I spend time and money potentially trying to track down a car that is worth maybe $800? Oh, my God. That's so that's so incredibly yeah. based. Just let them fucking deal with it. Just leave your car yeah, on the road. They have a program for that yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, it's probably been turned into an aluminum cube by now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. That's not uh, that's that's very low-grade aluminum. That's, yeah. that's junk metal. Yeah. That's that Buick Century aluminum. I wouldn't make a beer can out of that shit. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah and of course we probably should also talk about uh some fucked up shit that happened on july 4th yeah. which is uh you know another parade got shot up by like one of the most bizarre shooters i don't know if you guys have been keeping up with this robert crimo guy I, i've only been uh, I, not particularly. I've been, like, seeing it in the uh ether but i haven't really like gone out of my way to find anything out or do any research yet so, for, from so what he, I've seen online, like it the, seems like he's perfectly positioned for any random person in the United States to be like, this guy is one of my ideological enemies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, he basically, uh, he's like an edgelord SoundCloud rapper guy. He basically looks like the Walmart great value Lil mm-hmm. Peep. Essentially. Oh, he's got okay. face tattoos, sure. greasy, long hair. He's got like kind of a, a mousy face. And he just posted these bizarre cryptic videos of him doing like SoundCloud rap and spray painting like a guy holding a gun on the side of his parents' house. And, uh, and there's a, a video that he posted, like a music video where he's in like a fake classroom and he's got a gun and shit like that. Um, what's, so there's a couple things that really don't add up about this shooting. Um, one of which is the FBI was aware of him, which is like, a trend with all the uh-huh. sure. like there these guys are on law enforcement's radar and intelligence radar because i mean you know we know about mk ultra these days right uh and it's it's decades since it happened you, you can't even possibly imagine what the fuck is the modern version of mk ultra like uh you know we know about the uh the, the gretchen whitmer assassination plot where it was a bunch of mm-hmm. feds uh like a lot of these shooters mysteriously get a bunch of money from who the fuck knows where and then go spend it on guns and ammo. Like it is, it is all but confirmed at this point that uh, elements inside the U S intelligence apparatus are, uh, if not provoking these shootings, um, making sure that like extremely unstable people have access to the means to carry out these shootings. Yeah, and I every mean, single time it happens, there are elements of it that just make no fucking sense. Like 
For example, in 2019, like this guy threatened his family with a fucking sword mm -hmm. and he was still able to, to buy a gun. And, and I'm, I'm, I, I am firmly against, you know, uh, the government trying to take your guns because that is literally how fascism works. But, uh, it's, it seems like this guy got a pass at every level, uh, until the point at which he, you know, did the thing that, uh, some would argue benefits the state intelligence apparatus tremendously. Sure. Well, when there's cases like guys like this who are like possibly unstable, you know, domestic potential terrorism threat, yada, 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 um, those cases get escalated to like DEA if there's drugs involved, ATF if there's firearms involved, and otherwise they just get escalated right to the FBI. Mm -hmm. And all of those organizations see guys like this as an opportunity to secure funding. It's kind of like how <laughs> yes. the Democrats are secretly very happy when Republicans do insane things. Conservatives do terrible, awful things like overturning Roe v. Wade yes. because they're just like, oh, we get to fundraise on this. We get to yeah, Nancy Pelosi sees dollar signs in her eyes whenever the Supreme Court yeah. does something. Right. So it's like it's it's almost becomes an, an irrelevant question whether or not the FBI is actively planting or just just casually nurturing this wave of domestic terror and and other like domestic uh, mass violence threats across the country. And this is something we've covered many times on this show, but it does bear repeating because I think people, even to this day, even having seen a lot of evidence, are pretty ready to call you like a tinfoil hat weirdo for being like, you know, I don't, even if you say something as light as like, I don't know for sure, but I think every single mass shooting, you should probably be suspicious that there might be three-letter involvement. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> And a lot of these mass shootings, there's no actual footage of the guy doing it. Right. So... Like, uh, you know, we don't need to get too tinfoil hat about it. I think we're all in agreement that a lot, the vast majority of these shootings are extremely mm -hmm. fishy. Like, you guys remember when the guy did, like, the shooting? I think it was in D.C. And he had, uh, uh, what's, who's the big brain guy? He had a just a, a printed out picture on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper on his wall. Oh, yeah. The um, fucking... Uh... The Dr. Yakub. Dr. Yakub. He had just yes. like, yeah, like, like an FBI agent was like, we need to set decorate like a black <laughs> extremist, like anti white guy. And let, let's like print out a picture of Dr. Yakub and put it on his wall. Wow. What's really funny incredible. is when the shooting happened, the, the, there were basically a ton of people trying to basically nobody wants to claim him. Uh -huh. Right. The Robert mm -hmm. Crimo guy, like, uh, like the Andy Nagos of the world. Uh, are all posting about how he um, like look kind of looked like he was dressing like Antifa mm -hmm. and had like colored hair. And then the um, you know, the libs are posting pictures that this, the shooter posted uh, from like a Trump rally. But the weirdest thing is he showed up at the Trump rally dressed like where's Waldo. Like literally like he had the, the stripey. <laughs> yeah. Like red and white stripes, <laughs> the glasses and the huh. beanie. That's really so it's, it's, it seems like this guy was just a weird, unstable schizo mm -hmm. who was like trying to pull off the, the you know, and this is sad because people fucking mm -hmm. died. But uh, in his mind, he was just trolling. Uh -huh. He was doing a little trolling. Yeah, he, he, he was a yeah. big like 4chan guy from what I've read, right? Like he was all over like super sort of like extreme niche, like internet, internet zones. And, and I feel like that's the thing about like modern MK Ultra is that like, parts of the internet are kind of just like people doing a light version of MK ultra to themselves, you know, like giving themselves minor yeah, brain damage, giving themselves minor psychosis. So like 
The FBI yeah. can just watch and be like, okay, here's one ready to go. Give them a push or just not stop them, not intervene, and then wait for the fireworks. 100%. Yeah. If, you, if, if you download more than 25 political compass memes to your phone or if you subscribe, <laughs> if you subscribe to JREG's YouTube, you have an FBI handler. You just don't yeah, know it yet. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, um, the FBI has like an automatic subpoena that um, hands over your entire iCloud to the like an FBI data uh, analytics division mm -hmm. if you save more than 10 pepes to your oh, yeah. iPhone. Any pepes, well, this, that's, this, yeah, this that's is, red alert. This brings up like a really interesting zone of like internet culture, American political culture, yada, yada, which is that like, I think a lot of us, especially on the left who consider ourselves radicals or would be considered extremists, like we arrived here because we have this like commitment to wanting to do what's right and to have like politics that reflect actually doing something that's going to help people in the modern day and the modern material conditions, whatever. So it's like very, it's very materialistic. It's very linear. It's very goal oriented. Whereas like a lot of these guys and what I think a lot of us have trouble wrapping our heads around is they just like extremism. Mm -hmm. They don't really care if you're a communist or whatever, as long as you're doing something that's not status quo and you're like really fucking loud about it. They love it. And that's why a lot of these guys are like very incoherent. They're like, yeah, I'm a Satanist, <laughs> you know, Christian theocrat, uh, Marxist yeah. fascist. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're He's a fucking a, idiot. A, you definitely have a high speed internet connection. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't find all this at the, at the um, damn library. There's no way you had that kind of attention. No. <laughs> at, you're, you're absolutely right on that, John. I mean, like the, the growth of just insane extremist niche politics. Mm -hmm. It's, it's basically like, um, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, people would be like, check out this band nobody's ever heard of. Now you're like, check out this ideology nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's, like, it's, like, uh, it's like Hindu, Nazi, uh, uh, Illinois... Um, Pritzker fusion. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 of course they're they're so deep in the internet that there's some guy in a Discord who's like, oh, English people in Manchester did that in the nineties. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's another guy in a Discord like saying, yeah, you should do it. You should do what the voices are telling you. Dude. <laughs> well, yeah, and that guy gets paid a pretty nice uh, salary every two weeks from his job at the FBI. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah exactly. And and also uh, remember, scopolamine is a thing. Okay. Scopolamine is out there. The government is using it to do brainwashing shit. It is happening. I don't, I don't know what this yeah, scopolamine say, is. What's scopolamine? Can you enlighten me on this? Uh, scopolamine is, so I think in some medical context, it's used as an anesthetic. Uh, sure. But basically, uh, and there was like a Vice documentary on this like a number of years ago, but it's, a, it's basically a chemical that is a very potent, um, you know, fuck it, I'll just look it up. But it's basically, it can be used as a mind control drug. Okay, mm. it like makes it you very puts suggestive. you into a very suggestible mm. state. Yeah, yeah. Right? A lot of so, a lot of hypnotics, I think, tend to do that, which is interesting because hypnotics are also commonly prescribed as like sleep aids. So that's how you end up with people who like uh, want to use it as cover, where they say something real racist on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, I took a sleep medication <laughs> and I stayed up past my bedtime." <laughs> Dude, browse the ambient. I was just gonna subreddit. say, it's a, it's a r slash ambient when they well, can yeah, like barely I mean, type, and they're like, saw a spider, and it's just a picture of a blank wall. <laughs> yeah, does this look crazy to anybody else? It's just a yeah. Cheeto, like. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm sure in the coming weeks and months, there are going to be a number of uh, Twitter schizos who do this kind of analysis on mass shooting and, you know, domestic terrorism events who are going to uncover some even more fishy shit. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, uh, this shit keeps happening and, and the people in charge keep making shit worse and worse. You know, there used to be... Like, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, institutionalization is the is the right move, but uh, there used to be, I feel like, more support networks for people who were just like, yeah, I feel insane. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't think it used to be as common to feel insane either. Like, the alienation yes. has really been stepped up. Like, I'm not saying our society is, like, better or anything. It's probably, like, worse in plenty of ways, and it's a meaningless distinction on on aggregate. But, like... You're absolutely right. Like I, I think mental health issues and people's ability to kind of see themselves as having mental health issues is is way up higher than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, we are constantly rolling back and diminishing the kinds of resources that those people have, and really, you know, uh, making our response to them very, uh, very corporal, very martial, very police oriented, mm-hmm. and it involves a lot of violence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like yeah. there were sort of like very minorly more weight and sort of like institutional outlets for that kind of thing. But also there was just sort of like community outlets that people had where it's like, it wasn't like it was that great of a solution, but people sort of like had ways to just like be with other people and like have an outlet for their emotions mm-hmm. and their stress or whatever. And it's like more and more people are like, their lives are just only funneled out through a laptop or a phone. And that's basically it. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm saying churches always handle this stuff the right way, but I think also the corporatization of churches has a lot to mm, do yeah. with this, where you used to have a lot of like different small communities of different faiths all across the United States, where it's like, this is a reasonable community center where you can go, you can talk to people who've lived here for a long time who might have ways to help you either personally or within the community or with getting access to somebody you might need to talk to. And those things are all being turned into like a mini mall with a pulpit and a Dunkin' Donuts yeah. in it, which is like definitely yeah. not providing the same kinds of like hum- humanitarian services to the people in those communities. And that's just one example, you mm-hmm. know, the militarization of police, the barracksification of schools, uh, the prisonification of fucking everything, mm-hmm. the casinoization of everything. You know, these are a lot of difficult things to 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 keep up with. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's hard no, to you're keep right, your footing. Right. It's uh, and it's and it, you're right that it's only one example. Like churches, uh, you know, in in historically, I'm sure churches played a big role in a lot of people's communities, but uh, just the, like, there are people whose community was their neighbors Mm -hmm. and in any major city in the United States, you could have a minor altercation, uh, have that filmed and then end up losing your job and being like, you know, getting a bunch of fucking death threats. Cause, uh, I don't know, you said the wrong thing about a fucking bodega (laughs) or something like that. And a lot of people have lost their neighbors Mm -hmm. too. Like in the modern era, people just don't live in the same community oriented neighborhoods that they used to. People have been redlined out of them. Yeah. Well, and like, like when I lived in Homestead, Pennsylvania, I lived in these like row houses, basically. I mean, they were separated from each other, but they were functionally row houses that just went all the way up the hill from Homestead up into Munhall. And those were built so that people who worked at the steel mills could all live in an area together and talk to each other. But all of those middle class, working class, you know, lower middle class, lower class, whatever jobs and opportunities that were provided by that 
were slowly wiped away. And at the same time, those property values went up and up and up and up to the point where even in the six or seven years that I lived there, I saw people's communities dissolve right in front of my mm -hmm. eyes. And the only ones that were held together, there was like a Vietnamese Buddhist temple up the way and there was a Catholic yeah. church down the street. And both of those held onto their communities. N nothing else survived. It was crazy. Yeah, when uh, when you, every, every, it seems like every day, every week, the government does something and institutions do something uh, and, you know, uh, capital does something. There's some news story that comes out about how shit's just going to get worse and make you more miserable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the point is, uh, like if you're miserable and struggling and you can't even, you know, get by, uh, you have no community, like you're not, uh, you're not trying to make the world better. You're not trying to push for, uh, you know, better wages, better working conditions, better living conditions. Uh, you're, uh, suffering. So you can't even step up and, and do shit like that. Right. Um, but speaking of, uh, schizos, a schizo did something good, uh, today, which was somebody took a bunch of tannerite and blew up one of the Georgia Guidestones. <laughs> you guys know the Georgia Guidestones? Those like weird, mysterious, this monument in Georgia. Nobody knows who put it there. It's got a bunch of cryptic shit about like the New World oh, Order. Oh, they're like weird, how, like, like pseudo Stonehenge kind like, of thing or something. You need to like kill off billions of humans to well, preserve the human race and shit like that. Now there's Mega two Guidestone mysteries. Who put them there and who did the Tannerite yeah. thing? Am I right? Hell yeah. Well, so my, the answer my is it was is Banksy both yeah. times. <laughs> we, uh, we stake it out. We get a hunting blind and a couple sniper rifles and we see who comes hmm. to fix it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. Who, who puts up or, or who puts up like a new sign. That's like, maybe someone will put up like an Epic monument to science or something. <laughs> right yeah and i fucking love DeGrasse science tyson statue Foundation. yeah <laughs> and it's just neil degrasse tyson saluting a molecule like, <laughs> <laughs> just him as a shout out to molecules under him gotta be Yo, one of my favorite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gotta be one of my favorite particles yeah huh that's Yo, so a, funny. A quark, a quarked yeah. up shardy. I didn't shardy. even know what the guide like stones Like quarks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a quarked up shardy. <laughs> Gotta be one of my favorite subatomic particles. <laughs> a, a neutrino shardy. Gotta yeah. get one of them. So it was just like big slabs uh, of you. concrete or cement or whatever, and then some of them were, were exploded, basically. Some of them were racist, yeah. <laughs> but some of them weren't. It was a real Russian mm. roulette. <laughs> Here, let me uh, let me read off some some greatest hits from the text. All right, right. you may remember such classics as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the top points is maintain humanity under five hundred million in perpetual balance with nature. Malthusians. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, cool. Malthusians. It li literally raises the two major questions of. Uh, one, uh, that means a lot of people have to die. And two, who chooses who lives and who dies? Number of course, two, the answer to both guide, of those being me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Uh, sounds like fucking eugenics. Unite humanity with a living new language. Hmm. Um, it sh should obviously be like Zoomer speak, like bussin' no cap mm -hmm. for real, for real. <laughs> 
rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Okay, all right. I know who put this up. John Harvey Kellogg. <laughs> it had to be him. <laughs> Nobody else. Nobody else was enough of a weird Puritan. He drove all the way down from Michigan eating unsugared cornflakes. <laughs> and he Stuffing put up those cornflakes down his gullet in order to not yeah. get horny. Hey, look, he Guzzling had a lot them. of time from all the not masturbating. So he had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> He's guzzling the cornflakes. Uh, he had a lot of energy worked up. He had to write these. He had the vitality yeah. to do it. What are they written in like different languages yeah. on some of them? Like some of them, it doesn't look like English or it like doesn't look like a human language. <laughs> I've heard of know. speaking in tongues, but these motherfuckers writing in <laughs> tongues. <laughs> but nobody knows who put them there and nobody knows what the true purpose of them is. Um, so, but whoever blew them up good because, uh, you know, the shit that they say is really just thinly veiled uh eco-fascism yeah so, fuck yeah exactly well speaking of thinly veiled eco-fascism uh let's oh, talk about electric cars alrighty. let's talk about tesla oh uh, my god oh my god are you are you bringing up the tweet that i think you're bringing up? i'm bringing up the tweet that i that i think you think i'm bringing up <laughs> but i'm not doing a lot of thinking sure. here <laughs> yeah i mean it's a real brain trust on this show <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, this is boy. a screen cap of a tweet from gary witta which is yeah! a verified account yeah 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 <laughs> And at the bottom, Give it before, to me. Before I even read it, I want you all to know that this is a screen cap because at the bottom it says this tweet has been deleted. <laughs> it's a nice and little it cherry. Says, it also, it, also <laughs> it, it bears uh, mentioning that Gary Whitta is, I guess, a Hollywood screenwriter mm. guy. Okay. Uh, he wrote Rogue One, which is the only good mm. new Star Rogue Wars One is movie. Pretty all okay. right. The Book of Eli, Star Wars Rebels. Look, I fucking like fan service. Ah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Batman, The Walking Dead. Um, and he's got a lot of Twitter followers. Um, and yeah, so, so yeah, what was the tweet? So the tweet is can't currently drive anywhere because I put the car into theater mode, parentheses, <laughs> Netflix, etc., on main screen. And now it's frozen uh, up with no way out of it. <laughs> Never buy a Tesla. Absolute fucking trash. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the first things oh I thought when God. I saw that Tesla's just have a screen and like nothing else is like, what happens if the cheap ipad or whatever is running that shit like crashes or hangs or something and like what are you supposed to do and i guess the answer is if you put it in yeah. theater mode uh not drive your car is the answer yeah. plowing into a crowd of preschool students because i uh put the car into disney plus streaming mode and it accidentally jammed the accelerator wide open while i was watching book of boba fett <laughs> yeah hey look i don't have this problem i bought a knockoff tesla that some guy was selling out of the back of a truck and instead of the weird ipad it's got a 1990 zenith crt tv display <laughs> in the center that thing works perfectly <laughs> no matter right. how fast i go <laughs> over a pothole yeah that thing's indestructible <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, this and 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 this is the type of car that uh Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg want you to buy uh because gas is five dollars mm -hmm. a gallon. Um yeah, go out and fucking buy a forty thousand dollar car, you fucking hogs. Like that's the solution that they have for you. Like like not public transportation, not better energy policy, not better monetary Walk policy. Cities, maybe or try or maybe like do, instead of like, uh, you know, saying, hey, we all have to uh, sacrifice so the U.S. and Russia can have a, a dumbass proxy war. No, you have to suffer. You have to buy. You have to fucking pay for the gas or you have to buy a new fucking electric car. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. It's disgusting.
right, I will pause for. Oh, John, John. to step away. I was just look. I was, I was looking through Gary Wood's tweets to try to see if he like said anything else after uh, deleting that one, but uh, I don't see anything about Tesla. Yeah, he, he was that embarrassed. That's so funny. Oh, or you know, it could be. I wonder if um somebody uh it'd be interesting if Tesla DM'd him and was like, "We'll we'll fix your car, but only if you delete that tweet. Like, we'll we'll pay to fix it or something." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Although yeah. actually, now I look, he, you he know, retweeted like, uh, lawsuit at Tesla. Racial discrimination is standard operating procedure. So. I don't think he's getting paid by Tesla. I think he just was too owned and embarrassed. Maybe you should I, I do think that's really research funny, the car before you yeah. buy it, dude. I, I do think it's also like a really funny type of guy who is like totally unconcerned about what's going on at Tesla until he buys their product and it sucks and he hates it. And then he's like, you know what? This company <laughs> sexually discriminates and is racist. And it's like, yeah, but they were doing that before you bought the car. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's been a problem the whole time. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. Electric cars are a fucking yeah. scam. All right. Hybrids, like, there's an argument to be made about mm-hmm. hybrids, but electric cars are a fucking yeah. scam. Look, if, a electric, scam. if electric cars were really worth half a damn, they would come in, like, a bunch of different sizes, and you would just go out and use the one you need for the day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just rolling over to work, hop on your electric-covered bicycle, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, if maybe you need to haul something. Okay, it's time to go down to the electric vehicle depot and get out a truck. Mm-hmm. That's my solution. And also, you know, probably like trains. Yeah, are trains are pretty good. It's a little <laughs> yeah, bit more yeah. modular and like scalable than uh, than electric cars, which seem to come in like the yeah. two sizes and that's about it. Well, uh, this is really interesting to me also because it seems like public opinion is just really broadly turning against Tesla, which is super, super awesome good. to see because like private opinion, I guess you would call it corporate opinion, government opinion, is uh, definitely still very pro anything elon is shitting Uh out which is kind of interesting because um uh biden just recently announced that he was going to get a new anti-corruption czar and i thought to myself maybe this guy maybe this guy will will do something to tamp down on elon's outsized influence in dc and then i found out that the new anti-corruption czar's name is rich nephew (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> and uh, like that's his real I name. You were saying Richard somebody's nephew. rich nephew, but it's literally just Richard Dick nephew. <laughs> his name's yeah, Rich nephew. <laughs> it sounds like a SoundCloud yeah. rap name, right? That's it sounds like you know, Rich nephew. We got Rich nephew on yeah. the track. And it's like all right, yeah, cool. This is gonna be a banger. <laughs> <laughs> the latest member of Drain Gang, Rich nephew. Um, so, so what like Fortune 500 company was he on the board of before he uh, became the anti-corruption czar? Uh, let me see. It looks like uh, he is returning to the department from Columbia University's Center on Global Energy Policy. Mm. So this this is one of those interesting ones where it seems like he's not so much just like a revolving door corporate pick, but they're like, we got to go one step further. We got to make it look pretty legit. So let's pull him from a bunch of like vague think tanks that are barely defined and it's not really clear what they do. Yeah. And then Global energy we'll policy think tanks that are the people that are, uh, you know, making Dutch farmers give up their livelihoods right now because of like made up arbitrary uh, climate change uh, goals and deadlines for like carbon neutral shit. Like, right. uh, like they, they you know, like it is it is obvious that uh there are issues with the climate but stealing people's shit ruining people's livelihoods uh technocratic solutions that are not based in reality not based in like a materialist um you know analysis of how you solve problems especially how they relate to the mode of production mm-hmm. like that's just going to hurt people and they know this 
and 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 at some at a point you have to ask yourself is it like if these people are evil and they're doing this for evil uh reasons what is their end goal because it's very obviously not preventing climate change no i think it's in, it's imperialism because mm-hmm. uh before this guy worked for vague uh barely well defined ngos and think tanks uh he also served as special uh deputy special envoy for iran mm-hmm. Principal Deputy Coordinator for Sanctions Policy (laughs) at the State Department and Director for Iran on the National Security Staff. Fucking bingo. You are. (laughs) He he is a big time sanctions guy. Exactly. He's written written one book called The Art of Sanctions. (laughs) Is that. Did he? Did he really write that? The Art of Sanctions, A View from the Field from 2017. I assume just about like. Yeah, he's like (laughs) some kind of sanctions expert. So he's all about like, uh, here's how you do warfare and. uh, dress it up so no one thinks it's actually warfare and he's a real expert too everyone knows sanctions are the opposite of corruption (laughs) and that's just politics 101 (laughs) they're all above board i mean i don't really understand what's supposed to be going on with this guy but if they were trying to sneak one past us they definitely failed because like the writers of reality have just been given people way too on point names recently like i'm thinking the next (laughs) presidential candidate that wins the election is just going to be called like uh, I don't know. I don't know a funny name version of dishonest politician, but mm-hmm. it would be it would be that like you yeah. know crooked yeah. pole. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Lyle dishonest. Yeah. Son. <laughs> yeah. A guy. A guy whose legal name is wasted vote. And it's like, <laughs> all right, here we go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Campaigns are like it's a one. It's one place you know your vote will be wasted for a good cause, and he's giving a thumbs up or something. <laughs> well. uh, if you guys want to hear something that's equally as dumb as the bit that we're doing right mm-hmm. now, uh, I do want to read you one of the most brain-breaking tweets that I saw this week, right. which is Hell from yeah. Mark Joseph Stern, who, if I'm not mistaken, is a writer at Slate. Oh, senior writer oh, at wow. Slate. Excuse me. Uh, Courts and the Law. His bio says, do you have a link to the ruling? Yeah, I got a link to your Twitter right here. And it says, if two weeks ago you had told me that Biden response to Roe's reversal would be this feckless and torpid and pathetic, I wouldn't have (laughs) believed you. Torpid. It's a total abdication of leadership on an issue that sits at the heart of the Democratic Party. It's just appalling. To which I only have to say, Mr. Stern... Uh, do you not realize that Joe Biden has been in American government for 50 years? <laughs> he was first elected to the Senate in 1972. So uh, I don't really understand what this two-week time frame is that this guy is fucking talking about here where he's learned so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, in the past two, like two weeks ago, he was like, oh, yeah, I've, uh, I know nothing about Joe Biden. Uh, so I assume he'll do something. And then he's like, wait a minute, what's, what's happening? My assumptions based on nothing aren't working out. <laughs> <laughs> who could have seen this guy <laughs> and then uh yeah so th- that's one of the dumbest things i read this week and then somebody in the discord posted a link to a wall street journal opinion article that completely broke okay me. um and this is called a rude awakening is ahead for young employees a recession will hand oh, the bargaining boy. power to their bosses uh, what? <laughs> and uh it's it's a quick little three minute article so i'm just gonna read you the whole thing try to contain your laughter <laughs> or applause till the end <laughs> Uh, so he starts off, um, and who is this by, uh, Daniel E. Greenleaf. 
and this was uh, posted on the 4th. It says, workers of a certain age and attitude will have to reckon with the coming recession. Rising inflation and a market downturn guarantee layoffs. The days of, expe- of expecting employers to be grateful for your application will be gone soon. Okay. People who started work in the past dozen years are about to experience their first tough job. Oh. <laughs> this is <laughs> cope. <laughs> This is cope. Oh, man. This is like a boomer Gen X cope. Pure yeah. cope. This is like, hey, uh, a certain weird combination of material conditions have led to a tiny respite in how shitty labor relations have gotten uh, in like the past like year or two where, uh, you know, workers have slightly more bargaining power for once in history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, like fuck you for thinking that that should continue yeah yeah absolutely well and we'll see why this guy thinks this pretty soon uh but he continues younger employees not all but many will need to make more realistic demands of their workplace the last recession ended in mid 2009 (laughs) (laughs) these so-called facts he's thrown out there are incredible ended so fast with unemployment (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it only took a year with unemployment at 9.5%, about 2.5 times what it is today. Anyone who finished college since 2010 has known mostly good times <laughs> in the job market. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? The same is true of many who entered the workforce directly from high school. There was competition, but it was for employees rather than jobs. Workers' expectations changed, along with their willingness to do hard work. A hot job market gave employees an unrealistic sense of their irreplaceability. That's not what a hot job market does. You <laughs> and, and then here, here's where it gets really critical. Uh, and listen to this phrasing. <clears throat> At our call centers, absenteeism and attrition climbed. We found less loyalty among technical staffers who often jumped employers for a slight increase in salary or a change of scenery. No. <laughs> No <laughs> they way. Wanted more Tech money. workers who work at a call center worked somewhere else because they offered them more dollars? <laughs> what the fuck? I, for one, when I work at a call center, I know I have nothing but loyalty to that employer. And that's yeah, the why, best why, job I've ever had. Why isn't this employee that gets $10 an hour to get yelled at by assholes all day over the phone, <laughs> uh, why, why are they not a company man loyal to the core like they should be in my fucked up brain yeah and also why am i four and a half paragraphs through this article that's only 10 paragraphs Mm -hmm. long before i realize that the person writing it is not a journalist but a ceo (laughs) who is specifically specifically bitching about their own call centers (laughs) one of the most famously shitty and overexploited jobs you could possibly work this is just like the most (laughs) boomer article possible where it's just like He's just complaining and that like his workers aren't grateful and he's like they better stay grateful <laughs> and not get more ungrateful than they already are or I'll be annoyed. I'm going to you're going to you're going to see you're going to really get it. it what is it motive <laughs> yeah. the care? He works at some like fucking uh, a technology enabled healthcare services company that provides a platform of integrative yeah, yeah. supportive care solutions to address the social determinants of health and improve patient outcomes. It's not even what a, is it, that? They're not even doing sales. They're like one of those weird uh, healthcare middlemen mm-hmm. that oh, exists God. specifically in the United States to make healthcare like a larger industry that contributes more to GDP by just adding dudes who skim off the yeah. top between every step. <laughs> 
I love I love America and our middleman economy. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, one of these days we're gonna figure out who the two dudes on each end are, and it's all gonna be over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just have nothing but dipshits like Daniel Greenleaf. They got one hand in front of them on a, on a dick, one hand behind them on a pair of balls, and they're just they're they're sitting in the middle, <laughs> reaping the benefits of both ends. That's right. Uh, so he he continues. He says, we couldn't find the committed workers we needed here. So we looked offshore. Today, 70 people work for us in Bangalore, India, and there will be more than 120 by the end of the year. We found the same level of talent as in the U.S., but with turnover this year of less than 5%. And by reducing labor costs, the shift allowed us to reward motivated U.S. employees with more money. One, that's a lie. Two, you're basically just bragging that, like, you figured out labor is cheaper <laughs> in some other countries in the <laughs> yeah. world. Congratulations, you fucking idiot. You know something every other call center CEO has known for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, this fucking dipshit <laughs> hasn't even, like, read the wiki on imperialism and been like, hey, wait a minute. You go to other foreign countries that are even more exploited, you can get even cheaper labor. And they're more loyal. Yeah, and, this is why, and this is why, like, when your cable company raises your bill without your consent and tries to fucking steal from you, the only, the, you have to suffer through a humiliating series of automated phone menu options before you're directed to some guy in a third world country who doesn't speak English, gets paid pennies on the dollar, and, like, you know, I, I'm, it's plenty nice, but it's like, I... I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to the fucking like middle manager who decided to raise my fucking mm -hmm. bill. I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to cuss him out. I want to cuss out somebody on the fucking board of this cunt ass company. Yeah. Well, and also like if you're a fucking U S based company, uh, and you hire workers in other countries, like you should, you should have to pay them the same amount of money that you pay your workers here. Like, I'm sorry, but this asshole's yeah. based out of Colorado. If you hire some people in Bangalore, India, I don't fucking care how much cheaper it is to buy an apartment and food in Bangalore, India. If you're based in Colorado, you need to pay everyone the fucking Colorado minimum wage unless it's higher where they live. And then that mm -hmm. like you just shouldn't be allowed to have you, you need to with like it's really difficult to tackle this problem. But there needs to be like it could be what John said, where it's like you have to pay them as much as you'd pay a U.S. employee. Or it's just like if you're a fucking U.S. company and you do business in the U.S., a certain percentage of your workforce that's on your payroll needs to be in the U.S. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of answers to this. And the answer definitely isn't a Wall Street Journal opinion column, um, but <laughs> yeah. there is a little bit of that left. So I'm just going to quickly, quickly run Lay you it through it. Me. He continues, a motivated employee is willing to come into the office. This requirement runs contrary to the post-pandemic work-at-home revolt, but it creates the best experience for the patients we serve, boosts team morale, and helps our employees develop professionally. I don't mean to sound like a curmudgeon. As a father of two young adults with strong work ethics. I know there are plenty of wonderful young employees out there. Still, fellow CEOs often tell me how hard it is to recruit and retain employees who want to learn and grow on the job and then stay long term. I know for one that when I was a CEO for, for two seconds when I started a bike repair LLC when I was 16 in my parents' basement, <laughs> I had trouble recruiting and retaining employees who wanted to learn and grow on the job and then stay long term. That was definitely a problem. <laughs> Uh, I love how he brags about his two large children. My two large adult adult children have great work ethic, 
in their jobs that they got because their dad is a yeah. CEO where they <laughs> yeah. get, you know, six figures to do mm-hmm. jack yeah, shit. Yeah, my son yeah, was very I mean, willing to show up to work at uh, the job that I gave him where I was like, uh, just do whatever you feel comfortable with and don't work too hard. And he was like, uh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, my large sons come into work every day with big smiles on their faces, and I only pay them ten times what any other worker makes in the (laughs) building. I don't understand why everyone's attitude is not so good as my very large sons, Hans and Bonds. (laughs) I mean, look, they're ten times the size of the average man. They need ten times the salary. It stands to reason. They are eating ten times the calories. Ha, I can tell you from experience. Isn't that right, my fellow CEOs with large sons? <laughs> um, but we'll wrap it up here. He, he finishes it out. He says, job security will again take precedence over job hopping. Yeah, we all, we all fucking love job hopping so much. It's a worker's mm-hmm. dream to get a new job every ten weeks. Um, <clears throat> surging prices and a wave of layoffs would give younger workers a newfound appreciation for their paychecks. Workers will feel fortunate to commit to a company. And think about moving up rather than moving on. <laughs> They'll think more about what they can do to improve the customer experience and less about <laughs> what they don't feel like doing. A recession will be a rough way to learn this important lesson, but employees and employers will be better for it. Mr. Greenleaf is president and CEO of Motive Care, a healthcare <laughs> services company based in Colorado. Uh, to, to which I only have to say, like the, the, the swagger of the last couple of paragraphs where he's like, look, this recession, it's just a little bit of tough love from the ruling Yeah, <laughs> yeah what a weird off. way to fucking categorize like an economic disaster. Yeah, so Mr. Greenleaf, uh, you're going to have to get a worse last name to reflect the shittiness of your character because Greenleaf is a cool-ass name and you don't deserve to yeah. have it. So fuck you. Um the the weed community has gotten together and decided that we have to uh, <laughs> yeah no one would want to smoke with you so your name shouldn't be Greenleaf that's absolutely <laughs> right well um I mean speaking of dudes being out of place such as uh this CEO Greenleaf guy writing a weird Wall Street Journal article that's not even long enough to be a real article and uh, mostly reads like some kind of weird chest puffed. He probably paid. He probably paid to get that mm-hmm. published. None um, of my slaves want to work. <laughs> he probably paid to get that published and he probably like dictated it to someone who could write, you know, like pacing around the office mm-hmm. being like, all right, put this, put that. And they were sort of like shaping it into an article, but then he made them include the thing about uh, moving up instead of moving on. Cause he saw it on a motivational <laughs> meme on LinkedIn two weeks ago. It's like, you got to put that in. It's genius. <laughs> Yeah, at the bottom in italics, it should say, like, Mr. Greenleaf is CEO of shit, you know, caca doo care, blah, 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 whatever. Like, dictated, not read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of decisions that were definitely dictated and not read, I wanted to bring to your attention just a, a quick tweet from at Joshua Potash on Twitter that says, what the fuck is going on? NYPD cops are posing as Amazon and FedEx guys at subway stations attached with a couple of photos of guys with NYPD badges on one's even wearing camo pants who are just straight up wearing Amazon and FedEx uniforms uh, on the Mm -hmm. subway. And I saw a couple of different people retweet this with the caption. uh, When other countries do this, we call it secret police. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I only have to say, yeah. Uh, Well, now I, uh, you know, since, you know, Amazon, there's, uh, there's been like a, 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 push to unionize so so there's some unionized amazon guys out there and cops are always Mm -hmm. in a union Mm -hmm. i would say because these guys are now in double unions uh, (laughs) i would say that they they would we would have to consider Mm -hmm. them based 
Yeah, congratulations, officer. You're now in the ALU. <laughs> you have a meeting with Christian Smalls in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm noticing that there's a blue and pink, maybe, flag on the back of one of the guys with, like, the Amazon vest. Does Amazon have, like, trans mm-hmm. flag vests they make employees wear to be like, hey, look, we're a woke company. We don't abuse people because we like trans people. Oh, maybe. I, I'm not, I, I yeah, can't tell if it's a coincidence. They're going like, to gonna co-opt whatever cause they think. Like, I think this pic- picture was probably taken during Pride yeah, Month, yeah, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah. So the, they're, they're trying to not just, like, hide the cops from you by pretending they're, like, the FedEx or the UPS guy or whatever, but they're also, like, pinkwashing, greenwashing, and, like, uh, LGBTQ washing them all at the same yeah. time. So they show up and they're like... Hello, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what character, what accent this character would have, but they're like, I'm the magical, you know, all-inclusive delivery person. Uh, can I help you with anything today? And you're like, uh, I don't. I'm on the subway. I'm just waiting to get on my car. And they're like, I got you. <laughs> I, I see the we the fentanyl in your pocket. <laughs> you're under they arrest. Reach into your pocket. <laughs> also, yeah. no Amazon Prime for oh. you anymore. You're canceled out of Amazon Prime. <laughs> Yeah. Just you take a you take a handful. Oh, I wanted to of watch like, the man in the high castle. <laughs> you take a handful <laughs> of baking soda and you blow it into their face and it's like this is fentanyl and you and you, you say this is fentanyl and they collapse on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you just uh, you running around New York blowing white powder into the face of every guy wearing a delivery uniform, <laughs> just shouting this is fentanyl and then doing Zoidberg like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woody Woodpecker sounds as you that run away. That would be a great way of finding out who the cops are because I'm sure the Amazon delivery guy would be like oh thanks i, I was uh, feeling a little stressed and then the cop would start screaming and crying and running away i mean i feel like most fedex guys would just look at you and be like that's obviously baking yeah. soda. <laughs> and whereas a cop would like immediately start going into convulsions on yeah, the ground true. i mean that would that would be kind of funny i don't know a way to advocate for this without telling people to do something illegal but it would be fun to have like a prank show where you make cops think they've been exposed to fentanyl. <laughs> oh, God, it'd be so good. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Like, the, like, like the Chris uh, Hansen comes in and he's like, now that that uh, that thing that made you pass out was actually uh, baking soda. you have anything to say about that? And then the cop immediately starts looking for the exit. <laughs> yeah. That was baking soda? I took nine hits of Narcan. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is wrong? Uh, well, speaking of something that'll have you uh, scrambling for the exit, apparently there's a new island in... Uh, London. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's made of ass wipes. Yeah, this is not so much an island, but I think it's a more like a bog. Like it's one of those deals where you can go out and stand oh, on it, but God. your feet are still going to get mm-hmm. wet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you ever walked out into a small lake or a, or a pond and it's like, wow, I'm standing on a lot of plant material right now. It's weird that it grows so densely almost all the way up to the surface. It's That's like this, but you're in the Thames in London, and instead of plant material, it's all discarded wet wipes. Oh, God, that, the thought of that makes me physically ill. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's horrible. It's so I'm like choking on my beer a little bit right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, shout out to whatever fucking poor, like, I don't even, like, who deals with this? Are there, like, the you know the FBI for plumbers like the like plumbers you call in <laughs> fucking Mission Impossible plumbers who have to deal with like those are they're braver than almost any troop I think. There yeah. is a unit that investigates only the most heinous plumbing atrocities. <laughs> 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 this is their story. <laughs> it's like it's like the the SVU theme song, but it's got like fart noises yeah. and toilet flushes from yeah, like, a, like an old school Radio Shock yeah. Jock soundboard. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
yeah. Oh, so man. yeah, the huge mass of wet wipes is formed in the Thames in London, and uh, it's been dubbed Wet Wipe Island. To which I only have to say, that's just England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally just yeah. England. Yeah, this, so, this island is conveniently the least shitty part of all of London. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, I, I feel like this is just the, the British answer to the to the Dutch reclaiming so much of their land from the ocean. And the Brits are like, well, well I can do that too. <laughs> and they just start throwing wet wipes in the river. <laughs> God. Yeah, I mean, like that's... You this know, is for this William is a, of Orange. <laughs> this is a, a case to be made for one of those companies that makes like a clip-on bidet that they advertise uh, exclusively to people who live in New York City mm-hmm. and work creative director jobs and live in like a $5,000 a month apartment. Right. So if these communist labor MPs had their way, some, some chap would come by <laughs> and just spray your ass with a cotton <laughs> I can't even, I can't even do British accents Oi, anymore. Mate, yeah. Oi mate, you paid your bidet license yeah. fees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like the TV license. Have have a... <laughs> they just take your bidet away <laughs> if you don't pay for there's, it. There's no spraying your ass without a license. <laughs> Yeah, so this seems like it's actually become like a real national issue. You have a you have a statement from <laughs> Fleur Anderson, who is a labor a MP, real national issue, who warned that when flushed down the drains, wet wipes don't disintegrate and instead end up in the Thames, England's second largest river. To which I also have to say, England, have you literally just been like hooking up all of your plumbing to the biggest waterway in town <laughs> and calling it a day? <laughs> Like there are, do you not use septic tanks or reservoirs or or septic fields or yeah, any of this stuff? I know there are a lot of solutions. Would, they would catch it, and I mean, I guess they're they're just maybe that that that'd be even funnier if it's like along the way they're like treating it and turning it back into regular water, and they're like, well, all these wet wipes are in there. I think we should just uh, keep shoving those along, shove it to the next one, and the next guy's like, I don't <laughs> want these. Shove them into the Thames, and then eventually it just comes yeah. out in the river. Some Tory MPs just like, right, if you really think about it, uh, London is mostly controlled by Russian oligarchs anyway, so if we fuck up London really bad, it's kind of like saying, fuck you, Putin. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting his ass by destroying our own home, and we're very proud to be doing it. Um, <laughs> I, I, for one, will flush a dozen wet wipes tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Putin will be fuming in his boots after he has that one, old chap. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, the, yeah, the British, I mean, just con- continuing their long tradition of making extremely bad decisions. And before we wrap up the show today, I just want to quickly talk about a fella who I think made an extremely good decision. Mm-hmm. So this is a man from Chile who was accidentally paid 330 times his normal salary. And, and just for reference, this is not a man from Chile whose grandfather has blonde hair, blue eyes, and sus- a suspiciously <laughs> German-sounding yeah. name. I mean, it could okay. be. They haven't named mm. him, but I somehow doubt that if he was working this kind of job, uh, he, he was um, he, he was like the prestigious grandson of a Nazi. And things are kind of fucked up in Chile right now, right? Uh, well, they just uh, elected Gabriel Boric, who who beat out the literal grandson of a Nazi. So it, it's good that he won. But he's also like one of those dem socks who's pretty anti-communist. Mm. Like he's gone out of his way to... He's a Juan Guaido type. Yes and no. I mean, he's definitely gone out of his way to be unnecessarily critical of like Venezuela and Cuba and is definitely kind of taking the U.S. line on a lot of Latin American countries that actually have really good politics so he's a complicated figure um but he's not really related to this actual particular story which is about an unnamed worker at consorcio industrial del 
de alimentos, uh, which makes cold cuts, you know, like for nice. delis and stuff. So he normally receives a paycheck of about 500,000 Chilean pesos, which is about 555 American dollars direct deposited to his account. In his most recent pay period, he he got a check that was worth an American value of 165,398,851. Oh, that's in mm-hmm. pesos. So it's $183,593. Still not Hell bad for yes. a week of work at the Cold Cuts factory. I mean, that's Fuck, that no. is enough to basically like you take that money and go fucking, you know, abroad, get the fuck out of Chile. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you could go to Vietnam and live, you know, retire comfortably on that. You could use it to go to the States and, like, basically use it to start a new life. I mean, oh man, who yeah. wouldn't take it? You already live in South America. You could disappear into the rainforest in a country that has a much weaker currency than Chile, like Ecuador or Peru <laughs> or something. Yeah. And you could just live like a fucking king for the rest of your fucking life. I mean, you could probably just bu- straight up buy a coca farm in Colombia if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm, based. So, you know. Yeah, so this guy, uh, based alert. Yeah, based alert Practice indeed. So uh, apparently he took the manor, when he first received the money, he went to report the overpayment. And then there was an error that was discovered. The company told him to go to the bank and initiate the return of the money. And he promised to go to the bank the next day. And he did go to the bank the next day, but he took out all the money. In <laughs> Hell <laughs> yes. You, which King is very Can you imagine with like a straight face being like, oh yeah, so just uh, go to your bank and then return the money to someone who currently has like <laughs> 180 grand in their bank account and be like, all right, do the right thing and uh, give it back to us for no reason when it's like, just in your account and you could just take it and then leave <laughs> like how are you telling yeah, someone that no, and not realizing you, wow this sounds stupid now that i'm it'd be like having a having a dog and like putting it down in like a candy store and being like okay so uh pick up some of that candy with your mouth and then uh bring it to me and spit it out and the dog is like hmm, okay i'm gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no fuck that i'm eating the candy i'm taking the yeah. money i'm buying a house in vietnam and i'm paying cash <laughs> like <laughs> hell yeah that's what I'm fucking talking about. All right. Well, I just wanted to end on a high note. So that's been your episode of Beep Beep for the week. Sorry that we were gone for so long. I had a lot of stuff in my life that caught up with me really fast, uh, mostly responsibilities, but also some fun stuff. Hell yeah. And I don't have time to get into it right now, but I just had to take a break from being the busiest man in the world for seven days. I hope you can forgive <laughs> me. Oh, we yeah. appreciate it. Hell yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, we, I appreciate you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Beep Beep. If you're not subscribed to the Patreon, what the fuck are you doing? That's where you get the bonus episodes. That's where the spicy Double shows are. Uh, if you're not in the Discord, get in the Discord. You can listen to my other show, Work Stoppage. Uh, you can check out our Twitch uh whenever we do manage to get on it, which I know is not that often. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, and uh, that's switch.tv slash pod. And as always, keep smoking big joints, keep beeping, and keep being communist out there. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Be fine, y'all. <laughs>